So yeah, thanks everyone for coming in today. We've got um, SEO professional with uh, many years experience here today, Andrew Glintos. He's, uh, he's been in the space for uh, a long time, longer than I can remember. Probably one of the, the OGs in the SEO space in Sydney. Um, yeah, do you, wanna, do you wanna let everyone on LinkedIn know a little bit about you, Andrew? I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn already. You're all over the place. Yeah, thanks James. Thanks for having me on, my man. Um, so basically I started in web development back in 2007. So I graduated with a diploma in, in web development and my first job uh, in 2007 was mainly building websites. And um, for those that are sort of like, that's I, like, I still love web development, but my boss actually during that time asked me to optimize. So my first sort of interaction with SEO was actually being asked to optimize titles and descriptions and to my uh, detriment also to stuff, key, uh, stuff keywords at the bottom of a page. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering why I had to stuff all these keywords at the bottom of a page. So that was my first uh, sort of um, introduction to SEO and I got into the industry full time um, in 2008, where I did again apply for a web design role and I got the job and the boss basically said, look, you got the job, but the bad news, well, that's the good news. The bad news is we're not really doing web design anymore. We're doing SEO full time. And I only had that little bit of knowledge of SEO. I'm like, is that the stuff where you sort of just stuff keywords on a page and you sort of like change titles and descriptions and, and to make them more search friendly and pop up on Google. And they were like, yeah, more or less, but we do a bit more than just that. Um, I said, yeah, sure, why not? And I'll give it a crack. Mate, absolutely hated it. Really, when I did SEO full-time, first, I absolutely hated it and found it stupid and a waste of time. Um, it wasn't until I still remember the client. I'm pretty sure I can mention it. I don't think it's a problem. Their names were futurefood.com.au. And they, were, they wanted to rank for the keyword food consultant and food consultants. And um, <laughs> I remember the singular and the plural. And... It wasn't until I managed to get those two keywords ranking that I was absolutely hooked. I, I screenshotted the rankings, put it on my desktop, on my computer. I said, this is the first time I've got a client ranking first. And it was like an adrenaline rush. And it was, it was something lit inside me. It was like a fire. And that fire has been burning ever since, James. Um, and I, I love the SEO. I fell in love with it. Because the first sort of three months, I remember going home telling my wife, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this job. But that whole, I think I owe my entire career to this one client um, that uh, I've said thanks to many times on LinkedIn, but sort of just seemed to ignore me and not too sure why I'm bothering them still. <laughs> um, I said, look, I'll do your SEO for free just to say thank you um, because um, I've absolutely loved it. I've had to, the pleasure of meeting really awesome SEOs throughout my career, like yourself, James, sort of like the face of SEO in Australia, you're everywhere. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been a great ride. It's ups and downs, but that's sort of how I got into it. And, um, yeah, that's sort of what are you what are you doing now, Andrew? What what tell us about what Omega Digital's up to? So right, you're, you're the king of uh, Western Sydney SEO. Yeah, I try to be. Um, <laughs> um, so at the end of 2011, I sort of left the agency I was working for um, for various reasons. I felt I wanted to do SEO a different way. Uh, I didn't really want to start my agency. It was called APG Web Studios. Actually, again, I had to start it as a web design 
um, due to a clause in my contract that I have with my previous agency. Um, got back into SEO full time. We're running my own business in 2013, up until now recently. We tried to, to, to we believe in sort of that exclusivity, um, no, like keeping clients on terms of on merit, not some long BS uh, contracts. Um, we don't want a lot of clients. We, I, I like to give that, I believe that every client should have that high uh, customer service re relationship base, becoming a full extension of their brand. So transitioning out of APG Web Studios to Amiga Digital in 2015, and that was sort of because I didn't like the name of APG Web Studios anymore. It was very web design based. I had to start it that way. And Amiga Digital is focusing primarily on content marketing and SEO. Um, I do advertise social media. We don't really do it. Uh, we don't do it like on a month by month basis. We do it on a more consultation basis. We sort of help clients understand it. Um, sort of giving content ideas and that and that sort of thing. So really, Omega Digital is about content marketing SEO, and uh, we're not looking for a whole lot of clients. We're running small boutique, um, specialized niche, and have and have real competitors like yourself, James. Um, exactly. So um, do want to do want to give the audience a, a few tips on uh, finding a good SEO professional like yourself, Andrew? Because I know you're passionate about doing things the right way, and I know there's this is a common discussion that me, myself and your, you always have is. There's a lot of uh, low quality operators in the market and um, sometimes clients are getting taken for a ride. People aren't getting the work they pay for. There's, there's been a lot of news coverage recently about the ACCC cracking down on the SEO industry. Um, what, are your, what are your tips for, for doing the right thing by people? What should business owners be looking out for? You know, like I know, I know you're, you've got a lot of tips around that too. Well, uh, I, look, man, to be honest with you, when I get a lot of calls that I get are often from small businesses that have asked me, hey, why do you charge four grand and why is the other guy charging $700 a month or $400 a month or $600 or even $1,000 a month? And there's a lot, uh, a recent case study I did, I, I sort of went into detail of more around how do you identify the right sort of client and how do you know if you're, if you're being a client, how do you find the ideal sort of SEO team? Um, so honestly, it's, it's, very, it's a very deep response, mate. Like, uh, you know a lot about this as well. It, it all comes down to what their goals and objectives are, understanding the SEO process. They, if any client thinks they're just going to pay someone without understanding the process is very naive and they should not do it because they, them not knowing the SEO process could have massive detrimental factors on their business and their brand. And, you know, understanding what actual work is being done is very important. So, for example, on the links acquisition front, I mean, the time that goes into building a great link acquisition campaign through outreach, through content marketing, takes a lot of time. So, educating clients, most of the calls I get, honestly, James, they don't end up becoming clients. I just want to educate them that it's better that they do SEO and follow people like yourself. Yeah to get tips and strategies and do it themselves and to pay someone a thousand dollars to do something that put it this way. It's like doing cheap SEO is, is equivalent to someone telling me that they can build a house in Western Sydney for 15 grand. Yeah. You could do it, but you'll end up with a garden shed. Yeah, you end up exactly. it's, the, it's the same with SEO. Like 
you can uh, you can cut costs and you can use a five hundred dollar a month SEO package, but in the end of the day, uh, is the client going to get the results? You know, and that, that's the thing. Like, if you're in a competitive vertical, you're going to have to invest time in quality work because you're going to have to get quality things. You're going to have to have quality content. You're going to have to have your technical setup of the website a one. You know, like, and then if you're um, if you've only got five hundred dollars a month, it's not going to go very far. Don't get me wrong. If you're a if you're a small plumber in Wodonga and you just want to do Google My Business, you might be able to spend $500 a month. But if you're in a competitive market in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, it's not going to happen, you know? Well, I had a painter call, you know this story, RX underscore, yeah. always tell the same story. And he basically said to me, he wanted to do SEO first. I actually talked him out of doing SEO. I said, don't do SEO. You're a one-man band painter in Sydney. What do you want to do SEO for? What, exactly. do you, what are your goals and objectives? Do you want to become the biggest painting company in, in the world or do you want to just sort of roll, roll you know ride uh, solo for a while he's like no nah, now nah, i just want to do my own thing i said forget seo go on instagram and record and every video that you do man like take a photo every job you go to is a piece of content take a photo take a video expand like talk to the audience about how what, like about the different paints why are you using this one why are you sending it Go on Instagram, go on TikTok, go on Facebook, go on YouTube, saturate it, go on Exactly. YouTube. And the thing um, is, you can syndicate that content as well if you're a small business. You don't need to be uploading to every network, you know, and you're right. No, like right. If, if you've got 500 bucks and you're a painter, SEO is probably not going to be the right channel for you. you know? Especially for tradies, I found. Yeah. I mean, for tradies, like they're, they're writing on their own. What do you want to do SEO? Like... So his actual channel blew up because he had a good person, not, not just because of the content, the, the advice they gave him. It was because of himself. He had the right, he's got an awesome personality. He even transitioned himself to like having like a virtual beer on Fridays. So he took the zeitgeist by the, by the, by the horns and really ran with it. Yeah. He had a great, he's actually, he's got like 6,000 followers. And the funny thing is on Instagram, the majority of his followers are painters. So he's become like a thought leader. And when he was selling my, when I was selling my one bedroom apartment, the bugger couldn't even paint it because he was too busy. This is yeah. a guy that was sort of rang me up for advice on because he wasn't busy. And then we had a podcast recently about different things you can do, but which we won't get into, keep it SEO driven, but how the importance <laughs> of like podcasts and all the rest of it. So, um, you know, like for me, looking out for, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Exactly. And you need to get educated. Every client, every business needs to understand what they're getting into with SEO because if you go into it and choose a wrong, the, the implications of choosing a wrong SEO is big. Yeah, Very it, big. Can, it can set you back. And the thing is like, I've seen business owners that call and they're distressed and they, um, they've, had to, they've had to fire five or six staff because their website's been hit and they've lost all that visibility, you know, and that in turn has lot, like lost them millions of dollars in sales and it's a real deal. Like if you pick the wrong suppliers, it can detrimentally detrimentally impact your your business. You know. Um, so what what do you what do you what do you sort of find that is probably really important for for the small and medium businesses to do? Like if they can't afford, let's say a small business, if they can't afford, but they want to tackle, they've got a Sydney wide campaign, or at least mm. a, at least a Sydney wide. <laughs> anything anything smaller than Sydney wide is, no, is going to be. You might as well do Google My Business, like you said. Yeah. 
and social media. So anything from a Sydney-wide or a statewide business, what would you recommend that they do from an SEO for themselves rather than, or what, what is your view and angle on that? Like choosing an SEO agency or doing it themselves? Well, that's the thing. Like it depends firstly, like you said, on the budget, you know, if they don't have the adequate budget and they've only got like a thousand dollars a month or something, they might be better trying to do some content in-house and build up their on-site assets and things like that and get reviews and just build up the business branding for, for a lower cost point. The problem is when you get bigger, like usually you might have an in-house marketing person who will then try to divide some budget for SEO, paid, social, et cetera, et cetera, and God knows what other type of marketing they're doing. So yeah, you definitely want to be investing in SEO because it's, it's like such an important channel. And you know, it's like 80% plus of where visitors go when they're on Google. I don't, like, mm. I mean, the, the figures are always going to change depending on the vertical and things like that. But um, Let's talk about the ACCC. I think you, you, you brought the ACCC up. I yeah. think my, my clients were more worried about Google leaving Australia, which I reassured them I don't see happening. So we probably don't have to talk about that too much. Yeah, but, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not going to leave $20 billion on the table. Um, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be really crazy. Uh, we would have other issues to talk about. But let's say the ACCC, I actually welcome it. I think there's too, I think there's too many SEOs that are... I think there's a lot of SEOs out there that, that they, they may not even necessarily be doing dodgy work because they just... That's just what's quick and easy they may not they may not even know any better but the point is that businesses are actually getting ruined and losing a lot of money and potentially going under from like, i mean i mean when you think about it, it there's businesses out there that have gone under from spending too much money in the wrong areas of, of, of seo so what would i mean what what is your do you think that clients is it, is it just like what i'm saying it's an education factor um, or what, what do you I think, think it's about a bit of both, you know, it's education and it's regulation, you know, clients have to be educated what's right and wrong, you know, they need to know, okay, you need, you need to be having transparency with your SEO provider, they need to be sending like the work through that they've done, there needs to be transparency on how the time's been spent on the project. Um, I think other things that ACCC could potentially do is like set uh, regular regulations on like contracts, like Sometimes if you have like a 30 day exit clause in a contract, any, anyone who's doing legitimate work will probably welcome stuff like that. Mm. But you hear people getting locked into these dodgy 12 and 24 month contracts and then they, they, they start the first month and they might do a little bit of work. But then in month two, they stop work or they will just put the brakes on, you know, and then you'll just get chucked into uh, be with an account manager who's managing 100 other accounts and if you want to call to complain about the project you got to wait two to three weeks to actually speak to a real person um here are a lot of horror stories like that so i think uh regulation like a 30-day contract type thing like cancellation of projects that could be an easy one um yeah it's going to be hard to know how they'll regulate the industry like you know for like the medical industry, people have to do CPD points and things like that. They have to do, they have to do education. Like how, how like could something like that work in the online marketing industry? I don't know, like getting, getting people educated and upskilled. You see a lot of people that they start their business in six months and they say they're an SEO expert, you know? Someone <laughs> like that, they need some CPD points and they need to go and listen to a few videos from someone like Andrew Glintosh, you know? And then 
they could build their CBD. I don't know, like that's that's like a whole nother level. The problem with this industry is you can't go and really do a degree on SEO and go to uni and study it, and then um, you no. can't do that. So no, that's why honestly, man, I I'm I welcome triple a triple c kept cracking down because i mean if it was my dad's business that spent all that money and got ripped off and got you know how will i feel about that so i'm definitely for it i i i share the same sentiment with you regarding how would you regulate it because i don't want i just don't want some politician in canberra regulating it that does nothing about a co exactly so, so so who's actually going to regulate it exactly and like uh, who knows what the politicians could do it could be like andrew the like here's my um, official guidelines for um, SEO and you need to include your meta keyword and your title. <laughs> like, and it's like, God, did this guy, did this guy pull the 1990 uh, SEO 101 manual, you know? Like yeah. that's, that could be a major concern if people that don't actually practice SEO start making the policies. And like, that's what I'm concerned about. I think if the ACCC gets involved, they need to have really top level kind of regulation, you know, like, 30-day cancellation on contracts yeah. is mandatory, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Because once you start getting into the weeds and you set, like, SEO guidelines from Canberra, it's <laughs> going to be a disaster. <laughs> no, and, no like, what's going to stop, like, what's going to stop people from, like, India, Philippines, um, yeah, going Thailand, out coming into the market, targeting Australian companies where, like, they're not going to be regulated, but every all the Australian businesses are going to be regulated. Yeah, that's most why. business owners don't care if they can save twenty bucks. They will. Some of them are like that. So, look, I mean, at the end of the, I agree with you, man. Like, I, I mean, you can't. You, you, I think I agree with you. Like, there should be the legal boundaries with no, you know, twelve, twenty-four month, like predatory sort of contracts. They, yeah. they should be. They should be gone. Um, and I do think that to an extent there. Uh, there can't be too much government handholding. Yeah. And the, the, the clients need, that's why I go, I think it goes back to first and foremost education. They yeah. need, they need to understand it. They just need to like, I mean, when you, when you drive a car, there is a level of responsibility that you need to understand that what the car can and can't do. Right. Yeah. Right. Before you drive a car, we teach all the safety. There's need, there needs to be, I don't know, driving cars, different in the sense than driving uh, and running a SEO campaign. But the, but the analogy is there that um, this, look, this, uh, there's an abundance of information out there on YouTube. They don't listen to me, they can listen to you. They can, they can listen to, there's so many awesome SEOs out there on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. That there's no excuse not to, 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 to learn it. Um, but I rather have these sorts of things and like get questions from small businesses and help people like the painter guy uh, even directing off social media, uh, off SEO on social media. So I think um, identifying that, hey, I should only really be hiring an SEO when my business has reached this level and I've got these goals and I've got this budget and we're, and we're aiming to achieve this in 12 to 24 months time. Yeah, you're and right. SEO is just one tool in that clog. And I think SEOs need to be more honest with people too, you know, like they need to say like, look, like your business isn't ready for SEO or it's not the right market for SEO, you know. Just well, that's what we did that too, James, with a, with a, we were talking, you know, last week we talked about, or a couple of weeks ago, yeah. we talked about dynamic rendering. The client, <laughs> want, the client wants, the client has basically an application that it can't, I, I, can you believe, I'm not saying I'm awesome, but he talked to so many SEOs, no one actually mentioned, hey, 
Google can't read your text content. No one brought that yeah. up to him. He only found that because I said Google that Google can't see your text content because it's all on a JavaScript app. Yeah. Now he's worked. We're working on that. He wants to come on board for SEO. He knows that the technical SEO is limited, and I'm only going to get on board knowing that we've got a plan to fix or to rebuild, and we're yeah. going to focus on other elements of the business and, and, and other things on SEO where the technical we can fix a few things small and technical. We're going to focus on links, things like that. But he understands. But unless we rebuild the site or we fix the technical going in, there's no point doing SEO unless we're going to exactly. have that objective. So, sorry, go on. I'll yeah, cut you off. The, the, no, but you're right. The thing is, you don't want to get to, um, you don't want to, like a lot of SEOs, they don't know how to look into things like that to see if the site's getting rendered correctly. And we've seen that as well. Like we had, we had a recent project that we're working on where the site does have JavaScript rendering issues. And we've recommended solutions to the client, you know, pre-render.io, et cetera, et cetera. And um, originally the client was reluctant at first, but then once we provided some evidence and we got some other industry experts to look at the site, provide their feedback, they've kind of, uh, they've agreed with the findings. So, yeah, you're right. You, you really have to go back to basics with SEO and ensure that the site is getting picked up by Google correctly. Because if it's not, like that's the that's the SEO 101. Like, yeah, some people won't even look at that because some people will just think, how can how can they swindle the client? You know, how can they get as much money and sign them up to a 12 month contract? And <laughs> like, that's that's the problem. Well, I'm also I'm also getting involved because they his devs don't understand anything about SEO. They're overseas. Um, they don't know too much about SEO at the moment. So I'm also being uh, uh, basically being hired to help them fix up this problem, which I think that it's limited in terms of what we can do. But I'm also hired to also be involved in that process. So because I mean, he, he, he's already got he had proposals from other agencies. They never mention anything. It's like, yeah, sign up four or five grand a month. Yeah, 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 no yeah. worries. No one brought anything up. Um, I think they don't know, number one. They didn't even look into it. It's just some sales guy. Um, but when he talks to people like yourself, they actually say, hey, there's a problem here. <laughs> we really can't. We can, if we come on board, here are the prerequisites that need to get done beforehand. So, um, yeah. So education, expectation, mm -hmm. managing client expectations is very underrated. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing, like, one of the first things you do when you sign on a new client is you say, like, what are your expectations? What KPIs do you expect, you know? And then if the client says, look, I want 50% increase on traffic in the next 12 months, but you look at their traffic and they're already maxed out in the market, that 50% might not be uh, possible. And that's where you have to have an honest discussion and say, look, I don't think 50% is possible, but we've, done, we've looked at your Google Search Console data, Looked at your Google Analytics data, Adobe Omniture, whatever they use, and then we've just like we've done the numbers, and this is what's possible with, with some rough formula, like calculations, you know. But um, yeah, you just got to be honest with people. Sometimes people blindly agree to to the numbers. They'll say, "Yeah, no worries, we can get you fifty percent," but then they don't back it up with anything, and that's risky because then that's when shit's going to hit the fan in six to twelve months when the contract's getting renewed, and they say they only saw five percent growth because they weren't honest with them. But then that's that's another thing, you know, just managing clients' expectations yeah. and yeah, it's tricky.
and, and, and I like to work with clients where, like, even though some of them I don't have, and I, I was just having this conversation with one of them before about how there's too many eggs in the SEO basket and that because mm. you want to grow state, uh, countrywide from just only being involved in, in, Brisbane, in Queensland and upper New South Wales, um, that we need to branch out Australia-wide and therefore we need to diversify efforts um, and go on the content, what's it called, the content marketing offensive. Yeah. Um, right, and actually build a big plan. So, where are you getting? Where are you getting? Sort of, where, where are you finding for your clients sort of the biggest wins in terms of growth? Uh, obviously, it's content, but do you have sort of content ideas around what works, or is it very industry specific? Or where are you finding most of your? I mean, if you want to talk about it, I don't know. We didn't talk about this before, <laughs> but you can probably you can probably generically just give an answer about sort of where do you think you're finding the biggest SEO growth, and I can also share my opinions too. Yeah, I mean, like for for a content campaign, I think the first thing you want to do in a, any new campaign is just look at your top five competitors and then do a quick keyword gap analysis. You know, see where the gaps are in the keywords. What's a keyword gap analysis? Keyword gap analysis is where you use a tool like Ahrefs or Semrush, and then basically you put your competitors in, and then that will pull some data to show where the gaps are in the in the keywords. Yeah, and then you can kind of look into the keyword difficulty and the search volumes of those keywords, and then kind of say, okay, like um, these are some good keywords to target. These are some some not so good keywords. These are brand terms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You really have to refine the data, go through it, and then look for the opportunities. Um, yeah, there's a that, that's definitely the first step of any kind of content marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. I mean. There's so many things you can do, you know, like just looking at like what your competitors FAQs are and things like that, building out content around commonly asked question and answers. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, just looking at like PAA, you know, people also ask, building out content on that, um, looking at sites like Quora and Reddit and then putting them into Ahrefs and then searching for your client's keywords, seeing what seeing where Reddit and Quora rank and then rebuilding content from those sites. Usually if Quora or Reddit is ranking for one of your clients' queries, it's gonna be a low competition query. And you You'll be listening. You'll be listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that's an age old strategy. You've been using that one for ten years, mate. I didn't Maybe hear that I'm the, the I didn't hear that on the Omega Digital Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 absolutely, man. I, I think Quora, I think I don't talk about Reddit. So um, but definitely, definitely Quora. Like so mm. many gems in there, man. Like yeah. um, there's a what, what what about in terms of content formatting? Like, do you have I know everyone talks about lists and sort of, you know, um, you know, best five best uh, places to buy engagement rings, yeah. things, like, things like that. Like everyone knows, do you have any sort of new formats that you think are working or, cause I'm only hearing the same old. Oh, I mean like you gotta go back to basics and look at what sites like Buzzfeed are doing with their, um, with their the articles because I mean, whilst a lot of people say that stuff's clickbait, those type of sites are testing stuff at such a huge degree, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. But yeah. like looking at BuzzFeed, see how they structure their content and then rolling that out into client sites and even like going back to basics and looking at the titles, like the sites like that use, because a lot of the time you can, you can tweak some title tags and you're going to have really good CTR. And I've been playing around with that um, recently with some with some sites, you know, where you put things yeah. in like, um, awesome. like 
like you have like a, a product and you say reasons not to buy, why why you should buy this, things like that, you know, like yeah. what not to buy slash buy. Like yeah, you can play around with that stuff, but I, I looking think, at the big sites is the easy one. Yeah, man. I think CTRs, even on the top, you talk, you, you talk about the titles of the article or the meta titles? I'm talking about like the, the, the meta title. Yeah, you know, yeah. What's yeah. actually ranking in Google. Yeah, honestly, man, anyone that's still doing like, you know, keyword one, keyword two, dash, keyword three. Still, you still see it. I still see people spamming titles with keywords. They don't, they don't optimize titles for CTR or brandability. I see some, it a lot. Some of my case studies, some of that traffic growth has come down to playing around with CTR on titles. Yeah. So even, even this article, like, and honestly, man, what I'm seeing is sort of new and innovative, like maybe it's not so new and innovative, Probably we, I, I sort of, I was playing around with, we were, I, you, I couldn't do an experiment on it and I'll explain, but I was seeing around like when client, like we would, we had, I had a client that would, that was into like, they did skirting balls and architraves um, and we were ranking first for above Bunnings for a while. And they always had more links than we did. They always had a bigger site than we did. I mean, on the SEO traditional one-on-one metrics of what you're looking at, Bunnings beat us in every way. Yeah. But, we, but we ranked first for, for skirting balls. Where I saw a shift and change in that, and I saw it across two, two or three different web, this was probably 2018, is, yeah, changing the titles. I think our titles were better than they were. Yeah. I think they didn't think about the titles. But also the search volume for branded plus unbranded. I think, we, I think when RankBrain actually started to become more of a thing, um, mm. what I found is, when search volume went up for skirting boards, Bunnings, so the branded with the unbranded, when that went up more, I'm thinking that is why it dropped us off the first position. Because, yeah. I mean, if you have a look at our, I mean, look, it could be it could be a number of things, but I've looked at like Google, I don't know what your opinions are on it, but when I was tinkering, I'm like, the only thing we got better than Bunnings was our titles and descriptions around architraves. And I think ours were, we, I mean, was it a possibility that even even though they were third, we're getting into rank brand, I don't know if you want to go down that road, but <laughs> they were ranking second or third, but they were getting more clicks than us. And that's why they went up. That's what other SEOs have spoken to. I actually think that probably definitely has had a part in it because people recognize, and that's the importance of brand awareness and diversifying your content marketing. But I reckon Bunnings always had more clicks than we were getting, even though we were into the second, third position. Well, exactly. I think um, if, if the site is niche specific, you know, like if you're a skirting boards website and that's all, you, that's all your content's about and that's you've got really tight and just that niche, then your opportunity to rank well is high. Like we've got, a, we've got an affiliate site and the sleep niche and we only target sleep related stuff. And we, out, we outrank authority sites like news.com.au and Finder. Because yeah, they're, yeah. they're broad spectrum sites. And, you know, Bunnings is a broad spectrum uh, e-commerce site. They target thousands and like, tens Correct. of thousands of products. So Correct. Yeah. That, that is one, um, one positive of having a really tight niche. Like if you're just going after a certain niche. I agree. And yeah. when you try to target too many niches, that can be uh, risky. You're thinning the butter on the bread. No, 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 I get well, it. exactly. That's a good way but, to say it. But, <laughs> but, the, but the issue is, James, is that my objection, my only objection to that is, but they've always been like that. 
we, we've always been more niche. What was the reason for the drop? I, I, I'm, I'm pointing out an uncontrolled experiment. I get it all. What? Yeah, look, of course, it's always great to be niche. It's always great to be specialized and focused. But that was sort of, that's a big, that's a, and then you're going to have, like, because when I saw, like, the links and things like that, I'm like, man, they've always had more links mm -hmm. than we do. They've always had more content, even around skirting balls. What about page-level links? With a, how are the page-level links to your skirting bird client versus uh, to Bunny's landing page? Sometimes that's another factor as well. Could be. You mean internal page Like I'm talking about direct links to that landing page that's actually ranking, you know, like page level backlinks to a certain landing page. Oh, right, yeah, board. yeah, yeah. Whereas Bunnings... Sure, sure, what yes. What was it on a page level? I know domain rating to the site, Bunnings is definitely going to be like an authority. Yes, site. correct, true. Individual page authority. Yeah, look, obviously, obviously we've had better individual page authority. And yeah. and yeah, and do we have more links pointing to our skirtings on a page basis versus Bunnings? That could have shifted. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't work with this client anymore, so it's been about a, a few years, but I can definitely, that could definitely be an issue too. They probably, um, the, the thing is, I, that could definitely be, be an issue because obviously, yeah, domain-wide, they're going to crush us. But um, page by page, um, that could, I'm pretty sure we had more links than they did in, on, on that, on those particular pages. But still, man, like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the probably the UX rank brain factors is probably the biggest reasons, but yeah. um, because I think they've always crushed us traditionally anyway on traditional SEO. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that people were looking for personally, from what I, what my opinion is on that, if people were looking, Google's like, okay, it's not if I think if the branded plus unbranded search becomes just as close as just having just the unbranded search yeah. volumes. I think Google can work out, okay, then people just fucking want bunnings. Yeah. Now, does that, does that mean, well, does that mean just because you sell the most hamburgers, you're the best hamburger place? Absolutely not. So well, exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That was something that I found really, really interesting and I was trying to get more data on it and, but it's very hard because it's uncontrolled. But yeah, no, you definitely raised some good points, man. Did you have anything yeah. you wanted to talk about? Other than me just running my mouth all the time? <laughs> oh man, like um, I think we've covered a lot of good uh, good topics today. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the final points I think I'd like to ask you, Andrew, is what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, agencies still doing PBNs and things like that? Like, I'm not anti PBNs for like people running their own affiliate sites, but what what is uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, PBNs that agencies don't? tell their clients about what's a PBN and what are the risks involved? Can you give you, me you, a... You, 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 you know, you know, I'm very, you know, you, I know what you're doing, James. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to be your mouthpiece. Um, no, look, man, when it comes, well, I've done affiliate marketing for my own stuff from the side. That's a different ball game because you're not dealing with real businesses. You're dealing with trends and things are coming in, in and out. I respect affiliates. I think they, they're, they're, they're super smart people. Um, when you're doing PBNs, when you're setting up private blog networks for for agencies uh, to to rank clients on, um, it's way too risky. And they should, if you are going to do that sort of work, you are going to do that. Black, who am I to be the sort of moral police on it? As yeah. long as the client understands, like exactly. my client, my client asked me asked to do some black hat SEO, and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, uh, even if they gave us a waiver, like this, because I'm just like I'm not, I'm not treading in that water. I don't know enough about it. So um, 
my 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 opinion is as long as if you tell the client and they're happy that you're doing private blog network and you're explaining to them this is where the links are going on these particular websites yeah i mean if one if, if you're setting up a private blog network under different owners uh different content they rank really well that's one thing i don't agree with it i wouldn't put yeah. it on, on, on a business even if it's done on different c level like these yeah. my black hat I, my black hat days are <laughs> <laughs> a long, a long gone. When I had my own affiliate stuff, I was sort of into that sort of stuff, just working out what's going to get me banned and things like that. But um, even if you do private, if you do private blog networks properly, it's very expensive. Yeah. Very time consuming. You have to be super smart. And most of the time, these agencies that are going to keep doing private blog networks, and I've seen them. Yeah. They're generic content. They're just, they're just, um, you know, submit an article type website, which has got like, they talk about 80 different things, hundred different topics. It, it's clearly just bad design, bad UX, poorly written content, all on the same IP block, same owners, same, linking out to the same clients. Same, same who is, same who is data usually. Same who right. is data. Same, same, uh, same hosting. Same like, hosting, like linking out. You know, at the start, they're linking to Wikipedia and then as it goes along, they're linking to <laughs> it's all easy, It's easier to tell who the client is when it's like linking to Wikipedia and <laughs> linking to New York Post or whatever, and New York Times, and then .com.au site. It's like stands out like a, a thumb, sort of thumb, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So my, my thing is, look, I, I don't do it. I wouldn't recommend it. I rather, I think there's better ways to, to build a beverage campaign. I think, like I said before, content marketing offensive. Exactly. If, if a client wants to pay $1,000 a month and they're happy that you're putting their website and they understand the risks that are associated, then who am I to come out and say, you know, but um, to say anything about that? Because I know there's a lot of SEOs, I know them that are doing private blog networks. Yeah. Um, and I'll, t I'll tell them to their face. I think you're going to, I think you heard in the industry personally if you're doing it. But um, even though, you know, um, I'm very, I've already mentioned this in the talk that we shared together and I put my, I didn't realize there was 10 blackhead SEOs in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know what? I would have probably said it even louder because if you want to do it for your own stuff and you do it as an affiliate, none of my business, good luck to you, you know, all the best, um, salute. But if you're doing it on websites and businesses that, that aren't expecting it, they don't know anything about it and you're doing it because it's cheaper and that's normally what cheaper SEO sort of falls under. Exactly. Basically renting out a network of websites and shit. Um, yeah, I don't recommend it. I think it's poorly, poorly executed, even at the best of times. And to do a private blog network properly, it takes a huge scale and a huge operation that I don't think a $500 a month is going to cover it. Exactly, Andrew. That's my thoughts on it. What about yours, mate? What are your, th what are your oh. thoughts on the on agency still doing proper blog networks? Oh, like, like everything you said, I think the best thing you can do is just to be honest with people. And if you're doing that stuff, you just got to tell them, like, this is what we're doing. Like, we don't do anything like that. Everything we do is, like, outreach-based and just honest with clients. We don't do any um, PBNs or anything like that. I think a lot of people are doing them and they say that they're Google safe. They're not Google safe at no. all. Like, we've, I've seen it over the years where... It's been wiped out, you know. Yeah, hey, one a lot last... of people don't remember 2012. You know, Google Penguin. When yeah. A lot of sites got wiped out. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people that had PBNs got wiped out. A lot yeah. of business owners were affected. So one last thing, man. A lot of a lot of websites that I'm reviewing, and a lot of especially potential clients, but I have a couple myself. They've been smashed with that blogspot spam. Yeah. Uh, I think it's widespread because people are talking about it on forums and things like that. Yeah. Other, other than disavowing that, Devane, do you think that 
one, what, what do you recommend SEOs and business owners do about it other than disavowing the domain? Yeah. Um, and where do you think it's coming from? Because I mentioned, I believe it's coming from, what was that SEO tool, the blackout one, the real popular one? I'm not oh, there's heaps of them. Like they used X, to X Roma, no, not X -Roma. Um, GSA. Um, I mean, thinking uh, about it all day today, man, I'm like- SE Nuke. I think it was SE Nuke. Yeah. I, think, I think it was SE Nuke. <laughs> that was the one that was big on creating, scraping content, dumping them on web 2.0. Was that yeah. the one? Potentially, yeah. Like there was a lot of those automated comment ones back in the days, but not automated comment. Yeah, more more of the ones that they, they're scraping. Where do you think all these junk's coming from? Do you think they're scraping? Oh. Like to be honest with you, like I have seen a site get a manual penalty from a, a blogspot spam. This was quite a few years ago, though. I'm talking like seven, eight years ago. There was a site that reached out to us to get a manual penalty removed for a blogspot on um, commercial anchor text spam. So. I mean, I would just disavow the root level blogspot.com because the yeah. thing is like, if you just disavow that, it's not really gonna affect the traffic. And especially no. if all the links are commercial anchors and just real spammy stuff. Yeah, It's yeah. better for the, the toxicity of the domain just to get rid of it. It's not gonna really do any harm because, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Thanks a lot, James. Did you, did you wanna? Did you want to talk about anything else? Or no, that's pretty much Martin? everything. Andrew, thanks for your time today. Um, do you want to tell everyone on LinkedIn uh, where they can uh, reach out to you at? Where can they, where can they uh, reach Australia's OG SEO, Andrew Blinkos? Where can they... I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you're the OG, but sure. <laughs> oh, mate, you've been in the industry the same time as me, but where can, where can everyone reach you at? It's omegadigital.com.au. Omegadigital.com.au, LinkedIn, it's andrew.glinsos, um, Instagram, Facebook, amigadigital.au. If you do a search, you know, the best thing to do is probably andrew at amigadigital.com.au, email, or just go to the website, fill out a form and we can chat. The number is 0410709839. Whatever, man. I don't know. I mean, it's so it's so easy to find people. I'm actually on Clubhouse. Yeah. That's sort of where I want to build the community. I yeah, exactly. FAQs and Q and A's and things like that. Um, I think getting people like James and a few other top SEOs on a panel where businesses are asking questions is at least helping the small business, giving them an opportunity to have access to people that they wouldn't wouldn't normally have access to at one time in one place asking questions and i think that could you could also do a zoom roundtable or a clubhouse chat whatever like it's a good idea and i think you're right education is crucial for these small business owners to tell them what's right and wrong yeah. and um no definitely um i think uh, we'll have to organize something soon we'll have to get a few uh industry professionals onto a call um yeah i think answering questions and just helping them and and, and, and i think that's going to be the best thing for them and it's, yeah. it's, our, it's our contribution and our giving and our version of giving back to the industry that's, that's served us pretty well. hundred percent. And I think that's, it's, it's definitely a good idea and we'll have to roll it out in the next few weeks and we'll have to let everyone know on LinkedIn and social media when these discussions are going to happen. And then, yeah, yeah you want to get a maximum amount of people on there. But no, yeah. thanks for your time today, Andrew. Thank you, James. Um, I know Appreciate you've got to get back to work and um, thank you.